Hey guys, just a quick update in reference to these Terrifier episodes. One of the hardest things about the Reverend and I recording is that we live in two completely different states. And sometimes we encounter internet issues, and we definitely did during these particular episodes. Uh, I did edit them as best as possible, but you're going to hear the glitches here and there. You're going to hear some cuts, and there's just not a lot I could have done to fix that. But I did the best I can, and we hope it doesn't take away from this episode because it was one that we were definitely passionate about recording. So uh, stick with us, and it does get better in the following episodes that we have done. So thank you for listening to Death Holler. Welcome to Death Holler. Do you like scary movies? Welcome to season three. Slash or pass. There will be laughter, <laughs> tears, <laughs> tender moments. Jeez. Jeez. My special, special boy. But most of all, screams. Remember, when you're in Death Holler, listener discretion is always advised. We hope you have a killer time. Well, speaking of a killer time, uh, we just got through the Halloween spooky season again. Um, How did that go for you? You know, I barely made it out alive. It was wonderful, actually. It was a great time. Uh, lots of spooks. Got the yard all spooked out. Lots of trick-or-treaters because we have that house down the street that's really pulling them in. Uh, I'm deathly jealous of them. Uh, really wish I could be at that level. And no one on our street decorated. So there was people handing out candy, but I think... Either they don't want to compete with the neighbor, and every year I garner more and more decor, and so they're just like, we're just going to let her do all the work. And it's like, y'all, you can put something up. One thing. Put a zombie in the yard. Put a blow-up. Something. Celebrate. So that part was sad, but the trick-or-treat is, oh, so fun. Yeah, we don't have any of that around here because of trunk or treat. So, oh yeah, uh, it killed we have it. That to have to deal with. Yeah, church across the street. It's all of that uh, trunk or treat business going on, and kids are just like, "Yeah, we got our candy." Well, that's the whole point, right? I don't, I don't think so, but you know, whatever. Uh, our generation uh, supported trunk or treat, so we're to blame for this. So. Yeah. I can't really say much. I'm not a supporter <laughs> of that. Um, we are big. Everything that our kids have experienced, they've had to earn in a way. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain. So trick or treat, you want a huge sack of candy that you're going to eat to the beginning of next year. You're going to walk and you're going to carry. And if you can't carry it anymore, that means you're done. And 
that's how we were raised. I don't know if that's how you were raised, but we carried our shit, you know? They're not that close, so it was a lot of riding around in the car with well, my mom yeah. to, to get trick-or-treating done. But we went out, uh, you know, uh, quite a ways, and it was like and it was always an adventure just to see how the houses were, you know, decorated and what kind of uh, treats they had. And there's always the person on the, the porch or whatever that was suspiciously like an inanimate, like scarecrow, and it was like, take one piece of candy, you know, and then, you know, inevitably when you'd reach to grab the piece of candy, they'd pop up and scare you to death. Um, it's a lot of fun. I just don't, I personally don't see the the thrill of trunk or treat because it's a, it's a, ca- a candy cafeteria is what I call it. You get a bunch of cars lined up. Yeah. Kids go from one to the next, scoop it and whatever they've got. And like, yay, we got candy. It's like, oh, there, there's nothing about the, I mean, there's nothing, fun about that to me whatsoever it, it takes all the thrill out of halloween i mean yeah. you know driving driving until it got dark and then finally it's like mom's like all right you know time to call tonight and then you go back home and you get to watch your halloween specials on tv uh but the 80s were a special time and they're long past now so. <laughs> we miss it we miss it so bad um i will say that it does surprise me because the one thing I envy about the area you live in is that you still have that small town feel where you guys have the huge like parade and you have the headless horseman and everything and you have the pumpkins and all that shit. So I will say like, you know, I I wish that we had that out here, but uh, it's like we have something you don't. We have trick-or-treating still. Although we do have trunk or treat too, but I think the kids want best of both because they'll go to a trunk or treat and then they'll go trick or treating too. <laughs> and see, I wouldn't even mind it if if the trunk or treat was done like you know a day or two before, and then Halloween was just left to what it is. But uh, but no, it's uh, like I've literally seen this year uh, the trunk or treats the day before, and then of course the big churches are like, don't go out on that satanic holiday or trunk <laughs> or treat, and then. You know, the parents are like, yeah, we don't want to really go go out all night anyway. So, yeah, go get your candy, kids. That's I dirty. Like it's more the, I feel like it's the parents being lazy more than anything. I mean, really, they're the ones that are taking the kids to this. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, who's to really blame for it? So, I take it y'all don't even have any teenagers that are trick-or-treating that are coming around to the houses? Uh, not that I'm aware of. No, Ugh, uh, I mean, I, I don't, they're not really seen out, seen out and about. And I, I mean, I'm not even the only one, like the other side of the state in Louisville, like, you know, um, uh, a guy I follow on Facebook, who's a local artist here. He, uh, he got all like excited. He had like two different outfits he had planned for the night. And, uh, he's like this little small neighborhood that, you know, is, almost looks like Haddonfield is what it looks like. I mean, and, and, you know, and even like one of the outfits he had was, uh, Corey from Halloween ends or whatever. And he said that he, that after the first 30 minutes to an hour, there was nobody. And he said that, that he's fairly sure that the local trunk or treats got all the kids. That's dirty. I, I, it's sad because it's such a, you know, traditional thing. I know, like, a lot of places, like, we don't have out here, sometimes we do, is carolers. We used to have carolers during the holidays. You know, that's not really yeah, a thing no. anymore. Um, I don't know. I, I just, yeah, you're right. The 80s were so long ago. It was another time, and, again, we missed them. 
Yeah, and we have a podcast about that next episode. We do. A, a movie involving the 80s. <laughs> Two movies, technically. Uh, Yes, they are. One's, yeah, it still would be in the 80s, so yes, both of them would be. Yeah. Um, I watched a shit ton of movies, though, new ones, during the Halloween season, and it was a mixed bag, but I was pretty happy with what I saw this, this year. The movies so. were killer this year. To say the very least, the movies that have been put out on Peacock, Amazon, um, well, Shudder, of course. Shudder, I know we'll talk about one. Woo! Okay, yeah, let, let's roll into it because, man, I we were gifted this year. Yeah, the first one I watched was uh, Deadstream, which I think might have been from either way earlier in the year or maybe late last year on Shudder. It's the modern day Evil Dead. And I'm not talking about, you know, Evil Dead Rise or Evil Dead Remake. I'm talking the old, speaking of the 1980s, the original Evil Dead, like, or maybe even Evil Dead mm-hmm. 2 because of the humor, who is going to uh, try, he's trying to get his sponsorship back. And he does all these stupid dares for, uh, you know, like his channel. So he dare, he's been dared to like go to the most haunted house uh, in America, and he goes there to stream. And basically, you know, it's it's he encounters uh, it's 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 basically Evil Dead. I mean, like the slapstick. He gets covered in shit all throughout the movie. <laughs> um, I mean, and it's it it's it's great. Like I was really pleased when I watched that movie. I didn't think that they could capture that type of humor and, and, but also be kind of, it's got some creepy shit. Uh, was also, no, it's not actually not on shutter. It's, it's a, I th- there, it's another streaming service. I think came out with screen, maybe screen box. Uh, but it's, it's an HP Lovecraft, uh, adaptation that actually has Heather Graham in it. I've not seen her in forever in anything. Oh Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, she plays like this, uh, the lead character who's this doctor who's in a mental institution at the beginning of the movie, and she's talking to Barbara Crampton, who's been in all the original H.P. Lovecraft stuff back in the 80s, from Beyond and, and Reanimator. She's, and also, she's still gorgeous for some reason. I mean, that woman has not... If she's aged, she's aged to look better than she did. It's crazy. Nice. Uh, but, but, like, she's... They're, they're supposed to be friends that were like psychiatrists. And she's like, how did you get this way? And she talks, and it's this story about this guy. And it's actually the, the main character, the, the, the main bad guy is played by the kid from the babysitter. If you remember that Netflix movie that we yes. talked about, uh, it's the kid from that. He's grown up now. He has several scenes where he's banging Heather Graham. So good on him. Jesus. I guess. <laughs> and by the way, folks, she's 53 years old. <laughs> And, and uh, you're talking about Heather Graham or Barbara Crampton? Uh, Heather Graham, sorry. Okay. Uh, Heather Graham actually looks pretty decent in the movie, too, for her age. And uh, and, and basically, it involves this, this ancient creature who can body swap. And whenever he takes over your body, uh, he you get trapped in whatever the previous body is and get discarded as he keeps <clears throat> And that's how he stays alive. So it's it's... Kind of, it's it's based on the original story, the thing on the doorstep from H.P. Lovecraft, and it's actually a pretty good adaptation. I got to give them credit for that. Nice. Uh, another book adaptation was Dark Harvest. Uh, it's I summarized it to you as Pumpkinhead meets uh, <gasps> The Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, so every year, this town is uh, 
stalked by this pumpkin headed creature from the, from one of the local, like, you know, uh, pumpkin patches or whatever, just like, a, uh, and everybody in town, all the young people in town, all the young men, I should say, are let loose to see who, cause it, it's rumored that if the pumpkin head uh, creature can make it to the church, uh, then they're like their town is doomed to have like uh, like decades or at least a decade of like poor harvest, you know, like basically death and destruction. And so every year they, you know, the, all the young men in town have to go out on the street and risk dying uh, to try to take this thing out. And you're following, and you're following the main character, and uh, he's um, his brother was the one that won it the previous year. And there's, there's some dark stuff that's revealed throughout the movie and I don't want to spoil that, but it's, it's got, I mean, it's got some pretty decent kills. The creature looks, I I like the look of the creature and it's got, and it's set in like the fifties slash sixties. So it's got a very, uh, you know, like old timey vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, in that, and, and it's definitely set during Halloween. So it's got all that going on. Um, cobweb, uh, is a one that's uh kind of like a psychological children's story if it the way that it plays out uh it actually has the guy who plays homelander as like the dad in the movie and he is creepy as fuck oh, in this shit. movie he, that guy has a look to him that just you can't read him very well so you don't know if he like he's perfect as homelander because you can't tell if he's being genuinely nice which he's probably not or he's about to kill you He's playing basically that character in this. He's the kid's dad. And like he ever, you know, he's like the, you know, the regular like, well, how you doing champ, you know, type character until he's not. Yeah. And then whenever he's not, he is every bit as like intimidating as he is, as a Homelander. Yeah. Uh, But basically this kid starts, uh, he, there's some, there's a creature, a little, uh, parents are not what they, they seem to be. And that she was locked inside, and that she's actually his sister, and that she was locked inside the wall for being bad, and she wants him to to free her, and like, and he ha- and he goes throughout he uh, throughout the movie acting out more and more, and and basically becoming a nuisance to his parents, but then they start, but then they do some really sick shit, like lock him, like chain him in a dark basement and like completely hide the door with a refrigerator so that nobody can find him and leave him down there for days. Like that's their way of punishing the kid. Damn. Um, but then at the end of the movie, it takes a turn and then you realize why the movie's called cobweb. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Boo. That Uh, sounds, that sounds very heartbreaking. I could hear it in your tone. Uh, well, the movie's really good. Yeah. It's the last, I want to say yeah. it's the last five, the very end of the movie, maybe the last three minutes, they tried to make an ending to the movie that's smarter than it should have been. Like, if they would have just went with a basic, like, you know, uh, here, here's what it is. There's no, you know, not really any, you know, subtext to it. It would have worked. But they tried to go the route of, like, the... Uh, um, the Babadook or whatever, where yeah. they're like, oh, this represents something else. And I'm just like, okay, if you, if you want to, I mean, they still kind of held to the, you know, what the movie is more like a little, a dark children's fairy tale, but then they tried to add too much to end. And I feel like they almost fucked it up. And that's the disappointing part is that it, all it takes is five minutes to fuck up a film sometimes, especially at the end. Well, that's the thing. That's whenever I was talking about this with Cody, which he didn't mind the ending as bad as I did. 
but I told Cody, I was like, that's the thing with movies. Like some movies that I've been through, I almost was like, okay, this is a piece of shit until the last <laughs> part of the ending. And then it brought it up and yes. I'm like, okay, I love this fucking movie. And then there's other movies like this one that it's like, it's coasting along and it's like, wow, this is going to be one that I want to watch all the time. And then the ending comes up and it's like, did you really have to end it that way? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really? My little heart gets broken sometimes, but you know what? Hey, it's it's all in good fun, you know? Uh, Night of the Hunted's on Shudder. It's a new one that's on there, and it's really good. It's not supernatural whatsoever, uh, but it's basically about this woman who's been cheating on her husband. Ooh. And, I mean, that's established at the beginning of it, and uh, he's messenger uh, messaging her about, like, going to a fertility doctor. Apparently, they've been having trouble having a kid, and uh, I think it's kind of revealed throughout the movie that, that because of that and some other stuff, that's why she felt like she needed to cheat for whatever reason. But then there's other stuff that worked in the movie because she works for a pharmaceutical company. And anyways, like her and the guy she's cheating with, uh, he, she's like, we got to go, you got to take me back. I got, you know, I'm supposed to meet with my husband for this thing. And uh, he kind of gives a little shit. It's like, you know, are you ever going to tell him? And she's like, fuck you, you know, and then they get that, you know, and so they have to go to a gas station because uh, his car is, is, is leaking out gas. He doesn't know that until he gets there. But when they get to the gas station, she goes inside. It's like very early in the morning. It's like, you know, 2 or 3 a.m. or something. The gas station attendant has been their head is exploded. Oh, okay. And there is a, there is a sniper on a billboard across from the place. And the sniper was the husband to the, the woman who was working in the, in the convenience store, the gas station. She was cheating on him. And so now it's called now the hunted because that woman that you've been following from the beginning of the movie, she has to try to survive inside this gas station as the, anytime she moves in line of sight of that billboard, uh, a sniper bullet comes whizzing into the place. Wow. And take, you know, so it's, and then there's a point where she's able to communicate with him through a walkie talkie and they start talking and it, it's got a little bit of political subtext to it because the guy who's on the, the billboard is like an ex uh, uh, vet from some war, you know, like he's, uh, he's disillusioned with how the country's turned out. He blames the, and he's talking about like how the jab, you know, uh, was, uh, manufactured by the pharmaceutical company to make everybody sick and how she pushed it. And like, there's some back and forth between the two of them. And it, I, I've heard some people kind of get, they think it's a little cringy in that sense. I thought the discussion back between the two of them is pretty good, but like anytime, like anytime somebody enters that gas station and she thinks she's got a split second to maybe, you know, have somebody, you know, help her get out of there bam you yeah. know like they they get taken out too so it, it's it's i mean it's in one location but they do a very good job with it damn uh and then of course we they wasn't playing it around here whenever i i saw it so uh well hold on reverend because you skipped a little bit because uh you know our interwebs uh can you reintroduce the movie that we both seen that's on shutter uh when evil lurks <laughs> so good uh it now it did not scare me as much as it scared you. It, yeah, it, it just didn't. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I forgot to put it on here. I watched another movie that I will mention after this that did actually scare me. But uh, when evil lurks, I got to give them credit. I love the story building that they build up in oh that, my that God. movie. Yeah, I mean, this movie was so much to me. It great lore behind it. I thought the fear was there 
definitely I could feel it as, you know, a parent that is going through what the dad's going through, but also so much disappointment because of decisions that are being made. Yeah. And well, and I mean, like you, you can't really fault the characters cause they're just doing their best, but yeah. there's bad decision being made after bad decision. Like, you know, people not, uh, trusting, you know, who they should trust, uh, because, uh, I mean, the gist of the movie is it's, it's like a pseudo zombie apocalypse, but if demons were the cause yeah. of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. It's and, definitely some kind of post-apocalyptic world. Um, it's, it's actually a post, uh, what do they, what do they call that? Where, uh, the, I don't know, I'm blanking on it when it, in like the end, you know, religious types oh, yeah. or whatever think that you'll be, you know, ascend to heaven or whatever, oh. you know, uh, not a rapture. Uh, it's um, yeah, the rapture. Yeah, okay. post rapture. Is it post rapture or is it like mid rapture? They hint that God has, as you know, basically their God is left. Is the way they okay. kind of phrase it. Like he's turned his back on humanity, and now the demons are taking over the world. So yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like what the world's supposed to be like whenever, you know, the, after the rapture and, you know, and hell has been unleashed on earth. That's kind of what they hint at in this, mm-hmm. this movie. In this movie, they created a monster um, that I have never heard of before. Now, I have a co-worker. She listens to this podcast, um, and she loves scary movies, and she is Hispanic. She is, I call her the real Mexican because of the two of us, she's the real Latina. Um, but she, uh, Sarai, I I had her watch it. I was like, hey, you need to watch this on Shudder. You know, it's called When Evil Lurks. I go, and then when she watched it and she was telling me, she loved it. I said, is this lore? Have you heard of this lore before? Is this part of our, you know, beliefs? And she's like, no. And I was like, what about the term rotten? Because that is the monster they created. It's called a rotten. And basically what a rotten is, it's a vessel for the demon to be born. It's like. Almost like the, it's almost like a mom carrying a child, but it's not a woman. It's, it's whoever gets possessed. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird. The way that they set it up, you can't kill the rotten. Like Mm -mm. in a zombie movie, your first idea is to just blow their head off. And that's actually a bad thing because when you unleash the demon in this universe from the rot, the rotten is actually as bad as it is because it brings a curse to the area that it's in. Yeah. Uh, it's it's actually better because it's it's containing the mm-hmm. the worst of the demon inside of it, because whenever it's unleashed, I mean everybody in the immediate area is oh yeah potentially going to get it's, possessed. Yeah, it's like a bomb of sorts that's going to affect everyone within X amount of miles in the radius. Yeah, and 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 they they have rules like uh, electric light tends to bring mm-hmm. the demons. Um, uh, you know, which kind of makes sense because fire, you think that there's a purifying like aspect in most lore about fire. So fire is okay, but electrical light's a little bit different. And uh, uh, I'm trying to think what else they, they say in the movie. You can't, uh, the, the cities are, you know, uh, prone to bring them about too. Mm-hmm. So you're better off in the boonies, you know, what they, oh, animals do not have animals around you yeah. because they, they love animals as a vector. Well, yeah, and the animals, you uh, as we clearly saw, you can't tell what's going on with the animals. Uh, you also cannot tell what's going on with the person that may have some sort of uh, mental 
uh, I, I, maybe it's not mental. Neurodivergent yes. is how they call it. Oh, yeah. that's the term to use nowadays. Well, I'm here to tell you that the word that they used was autistic because in Latin America, we don't have a term for delayed. The proper term, and please don't come at me for this, is the word retard because it is an actual word that I think that we deserve to take back to describe somebody that is delayed. Retarded means delayed. It does not mean anything bad. I know people want to use it as a bad term. Um, I have a few mothers of children, children with autism that uh, it's a word that they use and not in a conniving way, not in a mean way. It, it is the technical term, everyone. But they can't use that. So they had to use the word autistic. They had to describe him as autistic. This kid was not autistic. He had a lot more going on than autism. He, yeah, <laughs> he was, I mean, way far down on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. I mean, as far as like just very incapacitated. And they set up in the movie, which is interesting, that people that have that condition the demons when they take over it's so they don't know how to work the meat puppet because the mm -hmm. brain doesn't work the meat puppet like every other person correct so. and i thought that was fucking amazing also can we talk about that actor that played the autistic child <laughs> when he started walking around normal and i know that's a spoiler alert but come on there is so much more going on in this film um i i, I was like uh, fucking give this kid an award fucking give him Give him all the awards because I really thought it was an autistic kid. There, well, I have to agree with that. There are a couple scenes of this movie though that stand out to me, uh, just for the audacity of what they did. I'm not going to say what it is, but there is a scene when one of the characters is going to find the mother of the children, oh! and what she's doing whenever he yes. finds her is like I've never seen that. And there is also the scene with the dog, and I'm not going to spoil that, yeah. but Cujo has nothing on this animal. Cujo has nothing on this certified good boy that had no control of his body at the time. Therefore, he is not to be blamed for anything that occurred. He can neither confirm nor deny the allegations being placed against him. My client is innocent. <laughs> but, uh... It's one of those movies that some people don't like because <clears> the <throat> ending is very dour and it Ooh, doesn't yeah. answer anything. It sure doesn't. But but I don't know what you're, you want from – I mean, this is a world where literally – I mean, they've said God has left. Yeah. So what, there's no hope for the people that are, you know, in this world. Yeah. It's it's just try your best to survive. Um, There is a point, and I won't spoil, but I have to say it, where a character is spared. But were they? You know? Do you feel me? You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. And yeah. that yeah. is, there's so many points of interest in this film. Uh, this film, by the way, uh, I came home. I dreamt about it all night. Um, my husband watched it again. I dreamt about it while he watched it. And I would say two or three times since we've seen it, I will not watch it again. That's how good it was. I cannot emphasize how much it's so good. I refuse to watch it again. In my opinion, I am Latina, and those things do affect me, and we believe in it whether we want to or not because, again, I'm not Latina Latina, you know, hence the way I just said it. But that, all that being said, two or three times since he's watched it at home where I did not, I just dreamt watched it, I have dreamt about the entire film. 
That was my night's dream, the entire film. And it's not scaring me. Like, the film dreaming about it isn't scaring me. It's just, for some reason, it's haunting me. So what was his opinion on the movie? He really loved it. He loved that movie so much. Now, I didn't want to see this movie. I am not a fan, even though it's in Spanish, and I understand a lot of Spanish. I just don't speak it. Um, I did. I don't like subtitles. I don't like films. I don't like foreign films. It's not my bag, you know? So uh, he forced me to go watch it, and I was like, this looks stupid. Uh, and then I was even more mad after I had researched and bought the tickets that, wait, this is going to be on Shutter in a few days. Like, what the hell? Uh, glad we saw it in the theaters. It was so good. I'm glad we were able to give this independent, it's an independent film, yeah? Yeah, it is. I- I'm glad we were able to give it the monetary benefits it deserves, honestly. Yeah, I'm. It, it's... It's a world, it's a lore that's ripe for like sequels. Mm, 100%. I mean, whether, they want, whether they want to go that route or not, it, it, they could very yeah. easily. It was good. He liked it. I was surprised. Um, and he's like, see, you need to want to go watch it. My kids loved it. My son felt bad for the main character. And that is just the empathy that my child, who is autistic, has. He actually felt bad. <laughs> So. Well, I mean, that, that kind of shows that they did a good job, at least. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if this is the movie you're going to talk about. You said you had one more movie that you didn't um, put on here. I'm going to say it, and if it's not, I don't have anything to say about this movie, but it's one the husband said you had to watch, and it's called Terrified, and it's on Shudder. Uh, no, it is not, and I, but I will check that out. Okay, he has it favorited on Shudder just for you, big boy. He did that special just for you. Uh, no, the movie I saw, speaking of sequels, <laughs> it's actually a prequel. It's Hell House LLC Origins. Oh, yeah. Is that the one you told me to watch? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, I, first of all, I would recommend that you watch Hell House LLC. It's, okay. It's found footage. It's a great type movie. Uh, basically, the, the gist of it. And they've, they've got... Four of these now count in origins. God damn. Um, I've, I've not seen two and three. So um, first part one is there's a group of people who go around and they do these pop-up haunted houses in different places. And they try to pick places that are supposedly haunted, you know, to, to amp up the, you know, the haunted house effect. I mean, basically they're doing like a knockoff HHN, if you want to think of it that nice. way. Nice. Okay. They pick this place called the Abaddon Hotel. That is supposed to be extremely haunted. Abaddon, really? Yeah, it's, that's what it's called. <laughs> and there was a group of people that that died in the place years prior, and so these people built a haunted house there. And uh, I'm not going to ruin anything, but like it, there are scenes. It's found footage movie. There are scenes in that movie where the shit that they put in there starts coming to life and moving on its own. Oh, fuck. In particular, these fucking creepy-ass fucking clowns that they had that they placed in the basement, which is where the satanic rituals and, and the deaths were supposed to have occurred in the Abaddon Hotel years prior. And um, it, it's the creepiest fucking thing in the movie. Like, there's one scene where the, where they send one of the guys through the, the, the haunted house uh, before opening night to try it out and see how the spook, you know, the scares work. And he sees shit that, you know, uh, moving and he's like, Hey guy, I mean, there's one scene where he's like, Hey guys, uh, funny job with a clown. Well, you know, once he comes back or whatever, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? We've been in the here the whole time, the entire time 
you know, ourselves, we've not been in that room. You were the only one that went in there. So they got that, they got that kind of shit going on and it's actually really well done. So origin origins takes place uh, before that. They kind of set it up like there was this family, this rich family that ended up, uh, you know, uh, becoming like a true crime mystery. The father ended up, you know, they, they, he disappeared. They don't know what happened to him. Uh, they thought that he ended up killing, like, his son and his daughter. I, and this is years after one of their other daughters died in a car accident. And there's this, like, true, true crime podcaster who has brought her uh, her uh, girlfriend slash fiancé with her. They're, they're in, like, a lesbian relationship. What? And, uh, and they're going to, you know, and she's there to document, you know, the the. she can figure out because nobody solved the case of what happened in this house um the very first thing they notice is that the clowns from the abaddon hotel from the first movie are in part of this house because they bought this family bought the you know uh the uh the decorations from this local like circus and it's the same one that uh, has the links to the the first movie's abaddon hotel so those creepy ass clowns are back and they're throughout the whole fucking movie at some at some point, and man, they are just terrifying to look at. Um, but they do such a good, and like her brother ends up, and uh, he comes there at one point in the movie. Uh, he's had like a uh, mental health scare. Her mother tells her that that he needs to stay there with her because he's unstable, and so that kind of feeds into it. Is the shit he's seeing real, or is he just having? Is that part of his bender of his mental state that he's going on? And, uh, and, and they just, and, and they just descend into hell is what the, what it amounts to inside this haunted mansion. Jesus. Uh, they, and, and, but she's videotaping all of it for her podcast and that's how they set up the found footage aspect of it. <laughs> uh, but they, but they, they, it's, it's really in particular near the end when uh, I, I think it was the brother, when it's his last moments, they show you the last moments that he filmed. And I don't know, it had my heart racing. Like, I was like, I've not been like this in years. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that you know, that's weird for people probably to hear. But if you're a horror movie junkie, that's what you, you're chasing the dragon your entire life. You get scared. Like, you, it, it's harder and harder to find just like if you're trying to do hardcore drugs. <laughs> the thrill, you know, like the, the effect is, you know, kind of wears down. And when you find that one movie, you know, it's like, and, and this did it. Like, I got to, or can you even remember at this point? Uh, you cut off. Um, so, I, the last part I heard was hardcore drugs, basically. And then. Oh, I was just going, can you hear me now? I can, yeah. Okay. I was just saying that, like, you spend your entire life oh. trying to search for that, you know, that thrill or whatever, and this movie gave me that, so I got to give them credit. Uh, yeah, um, that was your movie right there. That I think that's what When Evil Lurks was for me. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's, but it it's, and it makes sense because it's more of my, I mean, it's about mm-hmm. a haunted mansion, like that, I told you, ghosts are my thing. Oh, so. yeah, and one of the things about us, you know, being too... One, not even to mention opposite sex, but opposite sides of the country and coming together with scary movies. It's really cool that we have our own shit that scares us, you know? I I think that's, I mean, that's my biggest 
uh, problem whenever people ask me to recommend scary movies because it's like comedy. It's like, well, what people find funny and what they find scary are different from person to person. Yeah. It's almost, I, I can't remember who said it. There was somebody who made the comment that when you watch a scary movie, you're truly watching it alone, even if you're watching in the theater with somebody you love because what grabs you from the scary movie is going to be internally different than the person beside of you just because of life experiences being different. So. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, you know? <laughs> All right, let's let these people in. Let's talk about Terrifier. Let's ugh, do it. everyone and welcome back to death holler i'm your host the reverend dr death and joining me as always is my co-host and the latina spirit that never could tolerate mimes la urena how do you feel about people that pantomime being trapped in invisible boxes um i'll tell you what i'm a box them out of their fucking invisible box don't fucking pull that shit around me i will start swinging i don't like that shit uh, there's something creepy about a mime um there just is like that. I mean, they, they kind of skew close to the clown tangent anyways, uh, with their creepy ass makeup, but like they're a little, I don't know. They're a little bit more disturbing because it's like, what fucking goes through your head that you think a mom is cool unless you're French and then, you know, whatever they, they got some weird <laughs> taste over there. The French like such weird shit. <laughs> hey, we learned in pharmacy school that the French prefer their medicine given as suppositories. I'm just throwing that <gasps> out there. I mean, Okay, I have not done that. I have not partaken. But uh, I hear that it, it, I guess it works faster. It does bypass a lot of stuff that way, yes. Reminds me of the term butt chugging. Ever heard of that? I've heard of wine enemas and yes. that sort of thing, if that's what you're talking about. You could get buzzed without getting drunk. I don't know. People are fucking weird. Uh, we are finally wrapping up this season of Slasher Pass, and today we're celebrating the arrival of the newest slasher to enter the rotten hearts and demented minds of horror fans, Art the Clown. After first appearing in short films, this psychotic clown has gone on to start a brand new slasher franchise. Following in the footsteps of legends like Jason, Michael, and Freddy, Art seems to relish in the brutality of his kills and isn't afraid to use a gun when necessary to keep his rampage going. Bullshit. And <laughs> I will call bullshit on that. Uh, to a degree, there, I kind of like it in part two a little bit, but we'll get into that. Uh, and of course, playing into chlorophobia, which is the fear of clowns, never hurts either. So put on your face paint, take those bloody clown suits to the laundromat, and keep the bleach and salt ready as we discuss All Hallows Eve, Terrifier 1, Terrifier 2, and then go over the newest information about Terrifier 3. But first, if you're enjoying the podcast, podcast listings and helps us grow also consider following us on social media you can find us on tiktok and twitter under death holler pod and we can be found on instagram and facebook under death holler podcast we appreciate everyone who listens and hope you enjoy the show all hallows eve which is 
Attack of the Bees. Oh, God. What is that? What is that? What is it? Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Out of my eyes! There were segments of this movie that I was screaming the same thing as Nicolas Cage. Oh, my eyes. Uh, All Hells Eve 2013 tagline, come out and play. Uh, directed by Damien Leone, written by Damien Leone. Don't know the budget or box office because this was uh, very independently made, and I don't think it really got out there that much. Uh, uh, just, But it's it's in circulation, and people know it as the first appearance of uh, true appearance of Art the Clown. Uh, we are covering in particular uh, Terrifier short film Left Alive as a quadriplegic. Uh, Mike Gianelli, who plays Art the Clown in this, instead of the one that's in the newer movies, which uh, is uh, Thornton, I believe is his last name. Uh, supernatural psychotic clown. Michael Chamel, who plays the gas station attendant, who's just doing his job. Jennifer Castellano, who plays the mutilated woman, she's the faceless victim of art, and Daniel Rodas, uh, or Rodas, who plays <laughs> man in the car, uh, he's a Rodas, uh, who's a good Samaritan who gets killed for being good Samaritan. That's always what happens in these films. Uh, if you see somebody screaming off to the side of the road and they're covered in blood, probably need to keep on driving. Uh, the babysitter wraparound short film uh, has Katie McGuire playing Sarah, the babysitter. Uh, Mike Gianelli, again, is Art the Clown, the videotape slasher. So a synopsis, an, an, an anthology of short films all featuring Art the Clown in some capacity. The two films that primarily feature a psychotic clown slasher, the babysitter wraparound story, and Terrifier short film. In Terrifier, Art is thrown out of a gas station for pissing and smearing. Brown. Art uses a sketchy black label VHS to travel through a television into a home on Halloween night and murder the two children that are being babysat by Sarah. Faces get removed, Art gets the tattoo, and you should monitor more than just the candy on Halloween night. Um, the body count in Terrifier Short is two counted and four non-counted. So the brain pan, again, Art using his gun because that's he does that. Yeah. Uh, non-counted, we got the mutilated woman with her face ripped off. It's assumed she probably died later, but she could have lived like the the heroine from Terrifier 1. And then we have the woman who is the protagonist, and at the end of the movie, she's still technically alive, but her arms and legs have been amputated and, you know, kind of sewn back together yeah. at the stubs. And we have slurs carved into her body, such as slut. That's fucked up. That's, that's Art the Clown for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the babysitter short has two counted deaths. Tia, uh, who's a little girl being babysat, her head's cut off and the body is missing. Ooh. And then Timmy, his head cut, is cut off and body missing, and they're both laying on their beds uh, when the babysitter comes upstairs and sees that Art the Clown has paid her a visit during the night. So the heads are on the bed? Yeah, that's all that's there. That's fucked up. Uh, and they're, and they're younger kids too. The Timmy is like, I want to say he's maybe 10, 11 and like his sister's like 14 or something. So yeah, pretty young kids that he takes out. He, he doesn't discriminate. I'm going to give this the Nick Cage rating of the flash from 2023. 
uh, uh, questionable acting and story. The effects are hit and miss, and Art makes a cameo in some, seg- some segments like Nick Cage did in the CGI Tim Burton Superman scene from The Flash. Uh, it is, it's okay. I mean, I, 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 it's not one that, especially for an independent, like anthology film, I've seen way better. Like the outside, the ones that I mentioned, the two other stories in the movie, I just, I didn't really jive with. I didn't really think they were that great. Yeah. Uh, but the art, the clown, the terrifier one that was made later into a movie discussion. Number one, terrifier from 2016. No tagline that I could find for this movie. <laughs> uh, well, Art the Clown dr- probably said it. That's why. Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because uh, he says so much. Oh, my God. He's a talker. <laughs> uh, directed by Damien Leone, written by Damien, Damien Leone, uh, music by Paul Wiley. The budget was. Wait, what was the budget again? 35000 Ooh, and box office was 416000 Ooh. Did not do well. It's, it's a, well, no, I mean, oh, that's okay, a pretty no, good turnaround. I'm sorry. I'm thinking like uh, 30. I was almost thinking like 35 million and then 416 is what they made. Never mind. No, they barely. I don't know how you make a movie for $35,000, but they did. And that's that's what they got out of it. Yeah. So, uh, principal players. We have Samantha Scafidi playing Victoria Vicky Hayes, who is the final girl, question mark. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, she was a movie called Demon Hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to know what that movie's about. And then Terrifier 2, obviously, she comes back. Uh, David Howard Thornton plays the Art the Clown that everybody is aware of, the sadistic clown slasher. Uh, he's actually plays the gr- the not Grinch in the, the main one that just came out. He plays in that movie, the evil Grinch movie that they came out with, kind of like the evil... Winnie the Pooh movie that was recently out. Yeah, so he's the not mean one, or he is the mean one? He's the Grinch, but I said the not Grinch because okay. the Grinch is owned by Universal. So, oh, okay. Uh, so he's the knockoff Grinch, uh, the the one that kills everybody in that movie. Oh, and then, uh, obviously, he's in Terrifier 2, and he's going to be in Terrifier 3 here shortly. Uh, Gina Caffarelli plays, uh, Gino Caffarelli plays Steve, the pizza store owner. Uh, he makes another appearance as another character in Terrifier 2. Uh, so does uh, Eric Zamora, who plays Ramon, the pizza store employee that has to go in and clean the shit up. That I don't know what it is about art and shitting, smearing his shit all over like bathrooms, but yeah. uh, I, I feel sorry for the people that have to clean them up is all I'm going to say. Yeah, and he um, sure does like his peanuts. Oh, yeah. He, he eats a lot of peanuts. Uh, Catherine Cochran plays Don Sissy, uh, that fine vagina. <laughs> uh, she was in Faceless After Dark, Terrifier 2, Return to Return to Return to Newcomb High, and then Return to Newcomb High. Uh, Jenna Cannell plays Tara Hayes, the goth pseudo final girl. Uh, the one part of the movie that pisses me off to no end, and the reason I, I, I still don't like this movie as much as most people do. Um, and we'll get to that. Uh, she played in Faceless After Dark, Renfield, The Bye Bye Man, and she returns in Terrifier 2. Uh, or at least, I think, in picture form. Like, they kind of, like, say she was killed in the previous movie or whatever. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I'm not meaning this bad, but I don't know how to say his name. Puya Mosini. I think that's as good as it's going to get, honestly. Uh, she's the cat lady, the yes. crazy cat lady that's living in the abandoned building and has baby dolls. 
Okay, for some weird reason. Hear me out. Did you think she was slightly hot? Like if she she was made she was made down. She wasn't made up. And even she, then, she's still pretty. If she put on any makeup, she would have been probably a smoke show. Yes. Yeah, she's. I was like, holy crap! Like they could have picked someone definitely uglier. They did not. Um, and yeah, I mean, she was the hottest cat lady you're ever gonna look at. Any <laughs> bum that comes across that that's gonna hit that got lucky. Uh, well, I mean, you know, technically, Art the Clown got lucky because he cut her tits off and was wearing them, so... That is true. He did cop a fill, literally. Yep. Uh, Michael Levy plays Will, the exterminator and co-worker to Mike. Uh, he was in, the producer for Terrifier 2, uh, Phantom Fun World, Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert England story, and Pennywise, the story of it. Uh, and he's an actor in Terrifier 2 and the Dark Offerings. Uh, Matt McAllister plays Mike, the exterminator, who also comes back in Terrifier 2, I think, in the some of who died in the first movie. And then we have Corey Duvall who plays Seth Bolton, the coroner at the end of the movie who, um, just doing his job again and wrong time, wrong place. Oh yeah. Uh, and then I remiss if I don't mention that Katie McGuire who played the babysitter in all hell's Eve comes back and plays Monica Brown, the talk show host who yeah. gets her face ripped off, uh, at the beginning of this movie. So there you go. Uh, she was talking shit. And kind of got what she deserved. A synopsis. One Halloween night in Miles County, two party-going young women make the mistake of picking upon an ugly clown. What happened after would result in the deaths of at least eight people and the horrific disfigurement of another. This is the start of Terrifier's sadistic reign and the poor souls who crossed his path. Heads are rolling, cops are patrolling, and a woman gets cut from stern to stem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a meme. It's right behind you. Yeah. You, you know what I'm talking about. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> uh, body count. Eight counted, ten non-counted. I'll get to that. Uh, we have Steve, who's decapitated. His head's turned into a jack-o'-lantern. Pretty cool. I liked it. Rem That's a good effect. Oh, actually, these movies have awesome special effects. Oh, I yeah. I can't give them <clears throat> shit over that. Definitely. Uh, even if they are lacking, it's a lot of other departments. Uh, Ramon has his fingers cut off, and he's stabbed at least ten times in the head. Don is hacksawed in half vertically from groin to head. And That's they show the big it, folks. Stand out kill. Yeah. They show it. They show it. She's the she's the fine vagina from upside down Ooh. all the way. So uh Tara is shot at least seven times. Boo this man. Yes. Boo Art the Clown for this one. That was um we expected more from you, sir. It's I got to say it right now. It's the part in the movie that pissed me off so bad the first time. And I still hate it when I watch it. You've got, she's a, I get it. She's the pseudo final girl. I don't understand why that is because honestly, there is literal, you, she is decent as a final girl. And mm -hmm. then you bring her sister in later and her sister fucking sucks. Oh yeah. Like her sister does. blows floppy donkey balls. Like it's, it's so, so yeah. you kill the one girl, what good final girl in this movie with, with a fucking pistol, no less. Uh, don't even give her a decent like death otherwise. And then you bring her fucking sister in who's almost like a carbon copy of her, although not as hot because she's not <laughs> got the goth thing going on. And she fucking does nothing but run around until she's finally got her face eaten off. Uh, yeah. And uh, not only that, but like she's running around and doing nothing and making real poor decisions. Like let me stand by this open door, you know, or this cracked open door. <laughs> 
you're gonna oh my god i i couldn't with this one also her sister was super super hot the makeup department fucking kudos because they did these girls up real good oh yeah both dawn and tara are yeah very very nice <laughs> Uh, the cat lady scalped and skinned and bled to death. I mean, when they say skin, she had her tits cut off and then yeah. arcaded around as did, was he? No, I think he was nude during those scenes, wouldn't he? Like, I didn't catch. And, I just saw the boobs and the hair. Um, and she was scalped because I thought she still had hair when she was like, "Help me." Uh, she had part of it scalped okay. off of her. That okay? And that makes sense. I guess credit to David Howard Thornton. The man is one of those skitty bean poles that like just I mean, he's not he's not a body that you would ever want to look at. I, even if you were like if I was a gay man or I mean whatever. Like he's not one he he's not he's just not there. And like he he's just parading it around. Mm-hmm. Like he don't give a shit this nope, movie. So he was, like, uh, yeah. And they do show everything. So you get to see the skinned version of her titties. Um impressive, impressive. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Willis Willis stabbed in the head and then decapitated with a hacksaw. Good one. Mike has his head squashed by the clown shoe stomp, also. which is pretty cool. Pretty cool effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arthur Clown himself shoots himself through the mouth, ending his reign of terror. Or does he? Uh, non counted. And the reason I didn't count these is because they technically, in the sequence of events of the movies, because the way these are filmed. They take place in part two. Oh, they don't okay. take place in part one. Uh, the coroner, uh, he, he dies at the beginning of part two. Okay. Uh, and and then Monica, her show is going on while Art, after Art has went to the, uh, the laundromat and he's watching TV and he's watching all that. So it takes place during part two as well. When she gets her eyes gouged out with, uh, you know, uh, the... Uh, the thumbs or whatever the final girl yeah. from this movie if you want to call her that uh and then you know and then has her face like kind of just tore up or whatever uh but i'm counting it for part two because it technically takes place in that timeline okay yeah you know what i'm starting to realize that i so i watched um the first one uh recently with my daughter because you know you got a bond um because I had never seen the first one. I had seen the second one. That was the one my daughter introduced me to. Um, and we had watched the first one for the, for the first time, to, not today, but a few days ago. And I'm starting to think now I probably should have rewatched the second one. Because I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to remember everything. And I can tell that there's details that I have forgotten already. Uh, yeah, you'll probably remember it once we cover it. It'll be all right, Yeah. Oh, no, I'll um, be fine. Uh, quotes, the EMT Roman, uh, how can you get a greasy croissant while, or how can you eat a greasy croissant while you're cutting up dead bodies? And the coroner's like, sweetheart, I've been doing this for 22 years. All right. Once you've seen an eight month, uh, uh old microwave to death, everything else is just old hat. Yep. Uh, which that shit happens. Yes. And it's, it's such a dark line. I had to put it in here. Oh yeah. I, me and Nona and then, were dying when we heard that. I was like, what the fuck? I had to replay it for her because she was like, what did I just hear? I was like, oh, no, you heard it right. And then the cat lady speaking in her crazy talk, punctuality is the thief of time, dear. Okay, but uh, is it like, not? She was right. Was she not making the most sense in the world? She kind of was, she yeah. Kinda was, she was yeah. telling them to, she was telling them to be quiet, that the evil man was there and it, and it art was there. So, I mean, she wasn't wrong. yeah. She was trying to make sense. Uh, uh, get in the movie review. 
visually, this is a pretty decent movie yeah. it, it, for uh, for its budget. Yeah, for a thirty-five thousand dollar budget. Yeah, the blood, the bodies, the, the body and the blood. It, 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 the body in the blood, body in the blood. Yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. I mean, it they did it, and art is creepy. That I've I've heard people make the argument that they like this movie better because art is creepier in this movie, and I kind of see that because uh, he he does have. I mean, he's like more he uh, he's more sadistic in part two for sure, but like because he's more playful. But in this one, he's more of a stalker. Like he's just out to kill in this one. Yeah, in a lot of scenes. But getting into the story, it's it's continuously running around in this abandoned building, in this abandoned parking garage. Uh, the scenery doesn't change. Uh, and I can't stand that pseudo-Final Girl twist that they do where he pulls a gun out and just kills her. I know some people applauded that, and they're like, finally, one of the slashers realized that you guys sometimes use a fucking gun. I'm like... Dude, that's kind of like putting a cheat code on. Like, I don't have much respect for him in that moment because, like, I mean, and and part two is way better for me because he goes toe to toe uh, with, uh, you know, a friggin' seraph in that movie, like reincarnated, you know, a re, uh, I mean, she comes back to life or whatever, resurrected final girl, and he actually fights her, you know, uh, the right way that for a slasher. And I have more respect for part two in that sense. I didn't like the gun twist. Well, I mean, what what were your thoughts on it? Um, I remember you mentioning this uh, a while ago, and I, thankfully, with my brain, I completely maybe that's why I don't get mad at spoilers. I think I forget, and I'm like, oh, it's like watching this for the first time. Wait a second, I kind of remember this in the back of my head. So I did kind of remember it in the back of my head, but I was so fucking furious when I saw it. I was like, are you? fucking kidding me of all the tricks you have in your bag which by the way that bag didn't even jingle one bit <laughs> of all the chains he made a fucking cattail he made his own fucking bladed cattail and oh speaking of that you know what that cattail's made out of huh? it's in the trivia but i'm gonna bring it up now it's made out of the hair of his previous victims oh dirty that's awesome <laughs> That's a nice little spoiler right there. I like that. Um, but yeah, like of all the things he had in there, he's thrown it over his shoulder. That dude from the pizzeria picked it up hella like it was fucking filled with cotton or stuffing and just threw it outside. Didn't even clink, clink, clink when it hit the ground. No. It's just, I have no, that didn't make any sense. And and the gun is perfectly, like, he he has all these rusty tools in, yeah. that, in that garbage bag, but that gun is, like, polished to yeah. shine. It's like he's got fresh bullets for it, and it's like, now, that makes you an American killer for sure that you go that route with you, that you take that well you know, of yeah. your gun, but uh, it... it to, I don't know. I, I just can't job with it. It just don't fit. I didn't me. like I didn't like the fact that he shot her. I didn't think that that was um I don't know. It was just so lame. She deserved better. She deserved to go out in a better way. Yeah, and especially since she actually, I mean between her and her sister, she actually fought back against him and, you know, did I mean her sister did it one scene with some kind of pipe or something she found or whatever. But like it was it was Tara that actually fought back against Art in this movie, and she just gets taken out. And I, some people like that little twist, but I don't know. To me, it was it would have been fine if that twist had been punctuated by something more after. But they just basically, like I said, took an uglier 
had her face face eaten off, and I'm just like, that's why you got rid of Tara was for that. Yeah. Yeah. You know what made a better story, in my opinion? If Tara's sister had been had got there before, right before that, uh-huh. and her sister had been killed in front of her, yes, and then that that was what spurred her on to you know you know go after Art just that much more, you know, yeah, uh, for the rest of the movie, and she would have finished the movie out instead of her sister, but whatever. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Was it Tara that was? Beating? No, it was. It, you know, it was Tara. I think Tara was beating him with the board and was like, "Get up, get up!" And that was right before yeah. she got shot. That was yeah, stupid. She's like, yeah. I think she should have got away from him, honestly. Well, she probably should have, but I mean, it was. It, they, they just that's the way they played it. Yeah. Out. So I mean, uh, the acting. Now, David Howard Thornton or whatever, he he does a great job. As yeah. Art. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Like for a mute slasher. Especially, uh, he picks it up in part two, to my opinion. Yeah, there are certain things that he does that I it almost I almost like the character because he's like so giddy about you know and like playing around with people so much without even saying anything. He's like a weird combination of Michael Myers and uh, Freddy Krueger. Like he's got the the personality of Freddy, but he doesn't speak. You know, it's, yeah. it's kind of a weird combination. Uh, the acting by the other people, Tara and Don, were okay. Uh, Mike and some of the other people in that building, Cat Lady. Mm. <laughs> That's what you get with independent films. Uh, and then, of course, the final girl, I didn't think she was good at all, but she, whatever. Uh, and then the music, it it's it was there. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't really stand out. Uh, the music in the second movie is awesome, though. It's got that synth wave thing going on. Yeah. Uh, but this one, not so much. Um. I don't know. I I know a lot of people. I've heard people say in recent months that they think this one's better than part two. I cannot agree with those folks at all. That I, I mean, that what, part two with that he was better in part two, or no? They say that the that Terrifier one as a movie is better than part two. Um, it's I can't really pinpoint that one as. Better well, no, because okay. When we get to part two, I'll explain what I thought made it better, and I think it's the same thing that you agree is what makes it better. So let's not let's not spoil that right now. But um, no, officially, no, it, it's not better. The one thing I'll say about this is if you watch All Hell's Eve, you watch this, and you watch Terrifier Two, you are seeing Damien Leone take basically the same movie and iterate on it and make it better with each successive movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, because literally, Terrifier, uh, all, all Hell's Eve, the Terrifier movie segment, uh, short film segment, this movie, and then Terrifier Two, are basically the same movie, but he's a- he's adding more elements in as he gets more money and better actors. Yeah, I can't fault him for that. He's he's but he's taking one movie and perfecting it. That's what he's literally doing. Yeah. Uh, and Terrifier Three is going to be weird because that's going to be set at Christmas, but we'll cover that after part two which is uh um we have already decided that we have to have another slasher season yeah and it feels like there's another slasher we need to cover for christmas that art the clown is in which is the mean one (laughs) that is true And we didn't cover Winnie, uh, Winnie the Pooh blood and honey which is getting a sequel by the way oh jesus okay 
I don't know. Maybe we'll have to return the slasher pass quicker than we thought we would at some point. But. Yeah, but we still got zombie. We got witch season. I mean, we can return to it before we do human horror. I'm not in any rush to do human horror, but we got vampires. We've got, I mean, there's we've got so much. Yeah, there's a lot more out there. Uh, anyways, I'm going to get into trivia so we can kind of wrap this movie up and then we move on to part two, which I think has a little bit to talk about. Yeah. Uh, this movie uh, is based, obviously, on the short Terrifier from All Hell's Eve. Uh, Michael Giannelli played Art the Clown in that uh, movie, but he decided not to reprise his role due to how long it would take to apply the heavy prosthetics and makeup. Uh, and David Howard headed victim's blood, but then added salt to it to improve its flavor, and that's what actually got him the role. Wait, wait, wait. David Howard Thornton was the sixth person who auditioned for the Art the Clown. During the audition, he began miming, tasting his beheaded victim's blood, but then added salt. Ugh! <laughs> Gross. Uh, Thornton, who plays or portrays Art the Clown, has previous uh, mime experience, which he utilizes in his performance. Uh-uh. Get the fuck out of here with that. Uh, Thornton describes Art as an evil Mr. Bean. He was also inspired by other silent and physical actors such as Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Lon Chaney, Doug Jones, and Jim Carrey. Okay. Uh, the ambulance that drives past Dawn as she listens to the radio broadcast in the car was unplanned. That was a real ambulance that drove by. Just a little bit of well, you know, coincidental magic. You that's know. hella cool. The underground tunnels used in the film were part of the abandoned Seaview Hospital, which was once the largest tuberculosis sanitarium oh, in the shit. U.S., these tunnels were used to transport the dead outside of the other patients where they were to be cremated. Damn. Uh, they, they actually have that at the uh, Waverly Hills Sanitarium here in Kentucky, too, which is one of the most haunted places in America. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and they, they called those the death tunnels uh, where they would wheel them out so that their bodies wouldn't be seen by others. Do you hike over there? Don't lie. No, that's like, that's in Louisville. Oh, I don't okay. No, that's, that's way out there. <clears throat> uh, the director, Damon Leone, actively made Art the Clown as different from its Pennywise as much as possible. For example, Art doesn't have hair, he isn't colorful, and he doesn't speak. Yeah. So, uh, the latex face mold for Art the Clown was the same used by Michael Giannelli. This had to be modified to fit David Horton, Howard Thornton's face. Uh, this added effort was in order to keep the look of the character consistent between film appearances. I think that's well, smart. Did. Yeah, and they did a pretty decent job with it. Yeah. Uh, the jack-o'-lantern shown in the pizza parlor is CGI. Director Damien Leone said he wanted the, the scene to have more of a Halloween feel to it, so he added it in post-production. That's hella funny. Uh, during the tunnel scene with the cat lady where Art the Clown is holding her doll, Emily, uh, David Howard Thornton found her performance so emotionally impactful, he actually cried. Wow. I mean, I felt bad for her because she's like, show mercy, like she's all I have. She really believes that that doll's her baby, you know? Yeah. Uh, the scene in the pizza restaurant was originally meant to take place in the burger restaurant, in a burger restaurant, but Damon Leone changed this when he realized that both Jenna Cannell and Catherine Cochran are vegetarian. Wasn't there, I thought there was pepperoni on there. Uh, it might have been that fake pepperoni, you know, yeah. that shit that's made Ugh. out of like Soy. faux meat. Yeah. Uh, David Howard Thornton, while on break during filming, spotted two women arguing in the street. He decided to wave at them in full makeup and costume as Art the Clown to freak them out. Oh, that's awesome. I would love that. Uh, Catherine Cochran, who played Don, was filming Chuck and, other, uh, and another horror movie during the making of this film, while Jenna Cannell, Tara, was also filming The Bye Bye Man. Um, 
Will the Exterminator is played by Michael Levy, who was also the Staten Island Clown. Uh, this character apparently started the viral scary clown craze in 2014. Uh, two years prior to the Great Clown Panic of 2016, the same year this oh, film yeah. was released. Oh, that's hella funny, because I remember that. Uh, I, I wish we could go back to just scary clowns on the side of the road being the only thing we had to worry about. <laughs> 2020, COVID, the summer of love, hyperinflation, a president that shits himself when he gets on stage. Let's go back to scary clowns, folks. Yeah. Uh, this, our world's way worse Take now. us back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Art the Clown's flail is made out of the hair of his victims along with sharp metal instruments. There you yeah. go. Uh, that, that that's that's metal, man. I don't know what to say. Yeah. That's like that's that's some dark shit. It uh, is. When asked during an interview in April 2023 if there were any criticism of this film that surprised him, director Damon Leone said, I get constantly accused of being misogynistic. Of course, today it's inevitable. What really shocked me was being called transphobic because of the scene where Art skins and wears the woman. It makes me laugh because it wouldn't be any further away from what I am, raised by all women and everything. It's so funny to me. I think it's just so comfortable uh, tackling sexual violence because I was raised by all women that I don't think about those things when I'm doing it. I don't think I'm offending. I'm not trying to offend. So there's really nothing I'm not afraid to show. Yeah. Um, speak it. I, the, the fact that they, that they claim that's that transphobic where he skins the woman. What do they think about Leatherface? Like, I mean, seriously, I mean, uh, some of these people honestly have probably never went back and don't even know what that is. But I guarantee you, if you took some of these woke nuts and you showed them like Leatherface with like the, the lipstick on, transphobe, transphobe, like that, that's what they'd be screaming, you know, yeah. like constantly. I, I don't know. I don't know what people, I don't know what people are expecting anymore. You can't please everyone. So I'm glad he just kind of shot back with like, no, I'm not trying to do this. Basically, shut the fuck up. And that's what, honestly, if you want to continue and you don't want to get uh, shut down by the mob, standing up to them is actually the best thing. Because as soon as you say "I'm sorry," you're done for. They they don't they don't take your apology uh, with any kind of uh, real sincerity, and they just basically use it as uh, shaming at that point. Yeah. Uh, Jenna Cannell performed. I mean. Yeah, she performed all her stunts. She looks like it's a badass. Um, have you seen? The, okay, so I'm looking. I'm actually looking at photos of Jenna Cannell right now. Um, I don't know. I don't really know any other films she's been, but I can tell she plays. Okay, she reminds me of the actress we just talked about this season in that French film. Uh, what high tension? High tension. So, because there's one um, picture where she's shaved completely bald. She wears a lot of tank tops and rugged jeans, um, and much like that actress, she also is still manages to look very good. You know. Yeah, and it actually says here that she is. Uh, she actually does stunts and a lot of stuff. She's. Uh, performed while riding motorcycles, driving stunt cars, boarding uh, harnesses, underwater with weapons. I mean, she's she's into that shit. She's a badass, and she's only five four. Now that's like maybe one to two inches taller than me, depending on what day it is and what I'm wearing. But <laughs> she's tiny. And you would have got that from her in this movie because she plays an ultra feminine character in this movie. So I yeah. Mean, um. Anyways, it's kind of nuts. Um, 
Uh, finally, the Craven Halloween store advertised on the radio was obviously named after Wes Craven. Yeah. Uh, Death Holler Awards, Vicky, shit final girl, just shit all the yeah. way around. She she's as she's as shitty and nutty as uh oh gross that he does. <laughs> I know what you're saying. You cut out, but I you said you're as shitty as nutty, and I knew what you were getting at, even though it fucking cut out. As Art the Clown's uh, bathroom, you know, pictorials. Yes. Yeah, gross. Um, Vicky, Vicky didn't want to live, and in a way, Vicky was killed. She died. Uh, she 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 did die because the thing that's going around now as Vicky is not yeah not her. That's not Vicky. Um, yeah, that's unfortunate. He's the inheritor of the old the old guard. He is definitely of a new generation of slasher yeah um yeah and art the clown he is now art the clown is now would you say he solidified himself in a, as a slasher like like chucky and the rest of them that's what i'm saying yeah. i think he is in their league now i yeah. mean especially with that third film coming up i think he's officially the new wave of these these old horror icons and that's fine i mean we don't we don't need a million of the old you know i mean not to say that i wouldn't love to have a new Nightmare on Elm Street or a new Friday the 13th. But if they want to come up with new slashers to add to the mix, do it. Yeah. I mean, we need them. Um, the best kill, it's Dawn. It's a literal oh, meme yeah. with Scooby-Doo, as you know, right uh, behind you. So. Right behind me. There you go. <laughs> For your viewing pleasure, I'll get out the way. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, he, he, he saws her from her vagina yeah, and not only does he do that, they fucking show it. Like, I, w- I was watching with my daughter, and we were like, oh, I'm not going to show it. Then all of a sudden, you see a fucking saw in the middle of butt cheeks, and you're like, oh, my God, they're fucking showing it. Yeah, they, they, they don't steer away from any of the stuff. Uh, best scream, probably Tara. Yeah. You know, uh, when she sees on being cut into pieces. Oh, yeah. Uh, best boobs. Uh, I put best. It's not Vicky. I meant Dawn in this. Whenever I typed it up, but yeah, Dawn hanging upside down with her boobs exposed. They're, oh, they're yeah. probably the best. You um, could say the cat lady. I was gonna say the cat lady. That's <laughs> looking. So you know, yeah. that uh, best side character, the exterminator guy. Yeah, because I mean, there's not a whole lot of extra people in this movie. So I mean, he tried. It's like that, you know, the Simpsons where you have that cake and it says, at least you tried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He, 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 he tried. I mean, he came back after getting brained in the head with a hammer and still tried to yeah. take art on. Uh, Franklin Ward, cat lady. I mean, she's. Mm, I really think Vicky. Uh, I, now, I. I'll actually give you that. Vicky is worse. So there you go. Yeah, because Cat Lady, uh, she doesn't have she doesn't have all her faculties in place. That's like, true. But she does get the Doom Prophet Award because she, does. she is the she is the Doom Prophet. Ultimate Doom Prophet. Um only slightly annoying and definitely like hot for a crazy person. And not like this girl is hot and she's crazy. No, no, no. She is genuinely crazy. Um and she means no harm. For sure. <laughs> and hot, uh, hot, uh, crazy Ralph. That's mm-hmm. what we got in this movie. <laughs> uh, dumbest moment. Uh, 
I, to me, it's the fact that they looked at Art the way that he looks on a dark yeah. night when they were out by themselves and they made fun of him. Like, don't don't poke the bear. Don't don't even if you see him, wave at him. Even that'll probably get you killed from yeah. Art because he's weird. But uh, definitely don't fucking make fun of him. I mean, that's that's just going too far. Um, you know, Tara didn't make fun of him. She was just terrified of him. <laughs> Tara, <laughs> terrified. <laughs> <laughs> she was uh she was terrified of him and uh uh she yeah the way he was staring at her in the restaurant he definitely loves himself a brunette he's a brunette guy he don't like blondes does he love a brunette or does he love a goth because i feel like it's a little bit of both for art a, I mean, a brunette goth can you have a, i mean i guess you can have a blonde goth but is, is this fun you know I mean, they say blondes have more fun, but not as goths. Not they as don't, goths, no. no, because that's the like, it's the lighter side of goth, and you, when you're goth, you just want to go all dark. The only thing that's supposed to be light is your skin, you know. And that's even true. then, I mean, God, you can have more than one color goth, so it's just the hair's got to be dark, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you you have a fair point because I would say the uh, the craft or whatever the um, the you know, the black girl in that one who was kind of goth-like, she was pretty hot. She yeah. was pretty hot. Um, also, uh, do we think that, um, oh, God, Don, do we think Don's boobs were real? I'm going with yes. Mm, you the know what? The way they were sitting uh, when she was upside down, it looked real to me. Okay, that's what I, I was trying to debate because they they did have, like, some gravity to them. Mm -hmm. They wasn't like in this one, so I, we'll say yes. Yeah, she's got we'll nice boobies. Yes. And nice boobies, when you're young and don't have kids, they, they stand. They're perk. Um, some women even have harder-than-normal natural breastuses, not to make this conversation get weird, but and I'm wondering if she's just one of them because she's still young, you know? But then when she went upside down, I was like, oh, them things look real because the... I don't know. I don't want to get too specific with it. It gets, it gets real pervy real fast. <laughs> they were real, in my opinion, and I am a professional. I own a set. What about those uh, ass cheeks that were getting clapped by uh, oh, Hacksaw? Good God. I, they showed it. They really did show it. They were jiggly. But then again, so was she while she was being sawed. So, you know. That's true. It's funny because uh, my daughter was like, how is she still alive you know, while he's sawing all the way at this point, he's down past her belly button. I was like, she's not alive. Her body's just moving because he's sawing through her. I don't know. Cause when we get to part two, I, I, I mean, it, it goes ludicrous how long one of the victims in that movie. Oh God. Alive. I know which one you're talking about. We'll get to that. Uh, <clears throat> to wrap this movie up. I don't, uh, it, this is okay. Yeah. Like I don't hate this movie, but I hate that part with the gun. Like, I really yeah. do. It's disappointing. We were hurt. Um, but it's okay. It was made up. I mean, everything else was pretty legit. So let's not focus on one bad thing. Let's focus on all the good. Yeah. I mean, and we do get a new horror icon in art. So there's that. Yeah. Know. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap it up this episode for Terrifier 1, and then we'll catch you back up with Terrifier 2 on the next one. Right. With that, folks. Peace be with you. And with your spirit.